Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We're four and a half hours away from more NBA playoff basketball. Giannis will take a bow looking for that first championship with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams and Zubin Mahenti. All of our guests will be here this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including the new president of the Washington football team, a history-making hire as an African-American. What got lost yesterday, guys, is he's also the youngest NFL team president ever, and he will join us, Jason Wright, coming up here in just about nine minutes time. From nine minutes to a length of time that's a little bit longer for Key. 2,669 days since the Los Angeles Lakers key have played in a playoff game that ends at 9 Eastern tonight. Are you, are you jonesed about this? Are you jacked up? I mean, yeah, obviously I am. This is lead to an opportunity to get a championship. It starts today. Let me ask you, better l- yet. Let me ask you this as a Laker fan, and this is something I think that really is going to make people it's, – it's a poignant moment, but it's a moment worth pointing out. The Lakers are playing the Blazers. We all know that. We've known it since Saturday. They played three times this season. The Lakers have won twice. The Blazers have won once. The one Portland victory, if you remember, was at the Staples Center in the very first game they played after the death of Kobe Bryant. So all of those emotions are coming together at the Staples Center. Your thoughts as the Lakers look for their first NBA title in 10 years, their first 50-win season in 10 years, and LeBron looking for his 10th appearance in the NBA Finals. Well, I think it'll it'll be on some of the players' minds until they actually get going. Right. Um, because that night, it was heavy. It was mm-hmm. fresh. It was heavy. Right. It was at Staples Center where right. this game is in the bubble. Right, um, right. You don't, you know, it's it's a Laker home game, so to speak, but it's not the same environment. The Lakers know what they have to do. They know that they got a backcourt that that Portland has a backcourt that you can't mess around with. But we also have a front court, and to a degree, when LeBron James is bringing the ball up the court, a backcourt. And so we should get out of this thing without any major scratches. Um, but Jay Will seems to think that we're gonna, you know have a little issue here. Mm. I just think it's going to be a fight. And I would counter that point, Key, by saying, you know, I think in a typical year, players would remember that, hey, Dame came in, they dropped a lot of buckets on us after we lost Kobe Bryant, we lost that game at the Staples Center. I think so much has happened since then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember being here in Brooklyn and, and driving across the bridge and, you know, doing one of the first hits on Sports Center about Kobe passing away. That feels like Three years ago. I know it feels so long. So many things was, have happened. But here's what I would say to that, though. That's very true. The difference is they're wearing the purple and gold. So they're going to be reminded, just like Z just teed it up for me, they're looking at this right now in their hotel room, probably watching a show, little tidbits like that. You I know, when you. you go out on the court, you know how it is. You go out on the court, there's a reminder inside – this room, let's do it for. Let's make sure we do this. And, and so that's all I was saying. Yeah, no, I look, I always, I was a player that had to find things to become personal for me to get angry, to compete at my best. I don't know how you got to your best level every single day. I know LeBron finds things to remember that really ignites him Even as, now, a, as right? a player. Yeah. Yes, especially now being mm-hmm. 35 years old, sure. right? Like you have to find things to get you motivated throughout the course of and your And it's day. extremely important to LeBron that he holds this legacy, Kobe's legacy, sure. to heart, that he finishes the deal. It's important. It's important to all of those guys, but in particular important to LeBron James that he, he comes out of this on a high note. Now, Dame Lillard, 
go back to that game, Dame Lillard said that he was going to cook. He was going to take care of business, yep. and he came in the Staples Center, and he certainly did that by dropping 50 on us. LeBron James is a name that everybody in the world knows, but if there's a name that people need to focus on as it relates to this series particularly, yeah. that is Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso is a guy that's going to have the task of guarding Dame Lillard. And the way Alex Caruso plays defense will determine how successful the Lakers will be. Young kid out of Texas A&M. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Indeed. If finding a high-impact hire is a serious goal for your business, to use Indeed. Their flexible payment options mean a better bang for your buck with no long-term contracts. They'll even give you a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post at Indeed.com slash high-impact terms and conditions apply. I want to ask you this. Water. I'm okay. <laughs> I want to ask you this as a Laker fan. So give me a long answer so I can take a swig of that water. But this is something I've been thinking about since we knew the Lakers had clinched the top spot and a tough matchup awaited with the Blazers. It could go Portland-Houston-Clippers. That's how it might go for the Lakers. Is there any better story, as a diehard Laker fan, is there any better story right now in basketball than LeBron winning the title in the year Kobe dies, passing Kobe on the all-time scoring list, wearing a Laker uniform in Kobe's adopted hometown of Philadelphia, Hours before the helicopter crash. It just seems too perfect. That would be if Disney World is a place where Zubin, dreams come feel, true. Can I, can I tell the viewers? Like, I feel like you're, about, like you're on the verge of crying. No, I'm a little, I'm a Look, little I emotional I get emotional with Kobe too, man. I'm with you. I'm a little emotional about it. But Disney World where dreams come true. I don't want to be too corny. We also lost David Stern this year. One of the most important guys that never scored a point in the NBA. Wow. If LeBron could do that. And remember... Kobe's the one guy that inextricably linked Michael and LeBron. There's only one guy that's done it. Kobe was a contemporary of both. I just think that would be the crescendo of all crescendos. It, it is, and that's why it's so important for LeBron to finish the deal. Um, not just for Kobe, but for L.A. Laker fans, all of those sort of things. And, and as you, if you go back and you remember, that's one thing LeBron said. If anybody can handle whatever you want to call adversity, he's the guy that can handle it. He can right. put it on his back. And deal with it. Now, obviously, he has AD as a sidekick and a partner. They're going to eventually get Rondo back. You mentioned Caruso. You 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 got uh, Dwight Howard, who has a resurgence in his career oh, now. Man. So it seems like everything is aligned. But there's a tough road ahead. You got to go through Portland and Houston. And like you said, the Clippers are sitting there waiting in the wings. I'm just waiting for the night, to be honest with you. One game, as, as, as a coach would say, one game at a time. Guys, the wait in LeBron James' backpack is unprecedented. I've never seen somebody have to carry such a load like LeBron has to carry. And I'm just not – basketball is one thing. And all the things that you just mentioned about Kobe and the passing of Kobe and the crescendo if he's able to win a title and surpass Kobe as it relates to you know everything he's been able to do scoring-wise. But still, social activism. Yes. All those things that he stands for as it relates to that more than the vote. Uh, having – you know, uh, a whole breakdown of a media company that he pushes out. It's, it's unprecedented. I've never seen it before. It's incredible. Now, we should mention Jeff Van Gundy is obviously going to be on the call if the Lakers move ahead to the NBA Finals. He thinks there's a bigger chance that Portland gets swept in this series than do what everybody is saying the trendy line is to win the series. And he's got an eye on a couple of specific guys in particular. Right now, their choices are uh, Carmelo, who is basically a four-man and Zach Collins, who's a five-man. Um, you know, Gary Trent is, you know, a little light. The two guards are smaller. So I really – I know it's um, it's in vogue to say that they're going to present a lot of danger, and I think 
Portland's players are good, but I think they're, there's a bigger chance that Portland gets swept mm. than they win the series. That's Jeff Van Gundy. He was on Greeny yesterday. That's Mike Greenberg's new radio show that airs at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio. So, Key, from that standpoint... Can you stop going to Key for every Lakers thing okay. here? <laughs> I mean, why do you always have to leave with Key first? First of all, Jeff Van Gundy is entitled to his opinion, and I respect Jeff Van Gundy's but, opinion. So you but, act like... You, you feel, to me, you feel like Jeff Van Gundy, Coach Van Gundy, is talking to you personally, it sounds like to me. No, I, I just don't think that Portland... I know now it may sound trendy, but I've been on the Portland bandwagon since the beginning. Like, I've been the one saying that they went to the Western Conference Finals. And I also said they don't have anybody that can guard LeBron. Who does have somebody that can guard LeBron? Well, it's right? not just it's not but just LeBron it's that not, you have to worry about, I, though, right? I, I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way the game is played and the, the ability for Portland to shoot threes, if they are hot, could be a game changer. If they are hot. Now, I'm not picking Portland to beat the Lakers. Okay. All, all I said before in the saying, show yesterday was how much of the tank – will the Lakers have to use in order to beat Portland to get to the next round? And that's a big-time question. If they're using 40% of their gas tank to beat the Portland Trailblazers, you have to well, be a little bit worried about I don't know how you're going to use 40% of your gas tank if, if Coach, Coach Van Gundy brought out the broom. I'm just saying. But go ahead, Z, handle your business. Okay, burn rate is the term you yes. used yesterday. We'll see that. That's the fourth of four today. The Clippers were in the late game last night. Their counterparts, the Lakers, will be in the late game tonight. Let me text you the whole game. <laughs> whole game. My Don't you phone go to is sleep. Gonna be off. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna get the house line. <laughs> if you have a house line these days, something wrong. Now, you might a- need it around here. <laughs> Young kids are like landline house line. What are you talking about? Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Jason Wright joins us now on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. That's a name you may not have known yesterday, but this is a name that's going to be very important in the NFL and in all sports moving forward, especially in the push for diversity and inclusion. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. It's great to have Jason here. He went out of his way to say, even though he might be the first black team president, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, was the COO of the Vikings. So it's just a, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a, a nuanced name, right? It's just basically one of those things where it's semantics, a title, right? Semantics. Right. So he joins us here now. Jason, first things first, I think most people are interested to know how exactly this came about and the process for you to get this job. It happened in a very clandestine way. A lot of secret meetings, a lot of the reporting is said. Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks for having me on, y'all, first off. I'm glad to be here with you. But, um, but yeah, it, it, definitely, it definitely was a secretive process. Uh, I think it was a little bit inevitable, right? Like as a former ball player, executive in D.C., and Dan and Tanya Snyder, owners of the team in D.C., eventually our networks were going to cross, and they just happened to cross at the right time where they were actually looking for an executive to help run the business. And you know, the series of conversations we started you know, were surprising to me because they, you know, they weren't about you know, the finances. They weren't about – uh, you know, the strategy and modernizing the stadium or things like that. It was about values. You know, they talked about culture. They used words like inclusive, transparent, accountable. And we talked about it in a real way, like a real transparent way. We talked about each of our individual past mistakes. And, you know, by the end of it, we had way more commonality than I would have ever expected. And I was really excited to start partnering with them and the same with them. So, you know, and it went down pretty quickly. Jason, yesterday, myself and Jay Will kind of felt like it was Real convenient in in given the fact that you were brought in at a time where Washington football 
team kind of had a lot of issues swirling around them. So it, it, it raised my eyebrows for one to say, okay, did they just hire Jason to come in to kind of just put a face on this thing? Or is he really going to do what he needs to do to run the organization without anybody in the way? What would you, how would you respond to the way me and Jay may have felt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll answer it two ways. You know, first off, uh, the role itself is a chief executive role. Like, you know, I make the calls. Uh, Dan and Tanya have made that clear. Coach Rivera makes the calls on the football side. And uh, I really vetted that real hard before I took this role. But but I'll answer it this way because it's, it's, a, it's a common question. It's like, oh, it's convenient. Y'all hired a brother right now. And there's all this conversation about race and the name change and all of this stuff. But I'll put it this way. Like, let me apologize to the white former NFL athlete who played seven years, got a top five NBA, became a partner at a consulting firm, and led business transformations for the last eight years. Hmm. If I took your spot, my bad. Hmm. Wow. That's a, uh, that's a great answer. Uh, Jason, Jay Williams here. Give me some actionable items. You hit the ground running. You know, what are the first things you're doing in this organization? Yeah, I think there's two things that are really there in the near term, right? Like, this is a COVID football season, and we have to protect our players' health and safety, and we have to protect our staff's health and safety. And the team has a good plan. The league has had a good plan that it's handed down. we got to execute with excellence. And if we know anything about this disease so far, we know that it's unpredictable and it's tricky. And so we're going to have to engage data, and we have to be agile. We have to be quick on our feet. But the second thing, and it's the thing that I have the most control over, is addressing the culture. You know, there's an independent investigation that's already going, and I commend the Snyders for launching that because that's a big deal to let people into your house, look in all the closets and under the carpets, behind the curtains, and see all the good, bad, and the ugly of what's going on. Um, and we're gonna, I'm going to find out real soon when I start next Monday how bad it is. And whether it's better or worse than I think it is, I know we're going to take the culture to something better. It's going to be one where people's voices are empowered to say, hey, the way that leaders are leading is not in line with our values, and they're going to be channels to do that. Um, there's going to be a culture where women's voices are included on the most important decisions for the franchise, not just because they should be, but because it's the right business decision. We make better decisions when we have more diverse voices in the room. And, and ultimately, it's going to be one where folks trust each other and actually want to work there, see themselves at the franchise for a long time and developing over time. And that culture transformation is something that I have more control over and that will start right away. And then there's some stuff on the horizon around the identity and the brand and the fan experience and the stadium That'll come later. But those first two things are going to earn us the right to do the rest. Let's jump to that real quick as it relates to the brand. And I don't know if you guys do focus groups or things of that sort, but, you know, obviously it's the Washington football team right now. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the process of how you determine what the next name of this organization is. Yeah, so I'm excited to take this on because to me it's actually it's more than a name and it's more than the logo that's going to go on the jerseys or the helmet. It's an identity. Um, And the identity should – encompass so much. It should inform the way that we engage with the community. It should uh, inform the way that we talk to the media. It should inform the way that our culture is on the inside. It should uh, inform the way that we bring talent into the organization. Uh, It's going to be so much more than just a logo and a name. And because it's so important, it needs to be developed in what I'm calling a community-based way. And actually, I can't take credit for this. The team that's there already has come up with a great idea to engage the fans extensively, engage the players extensively, engage our sponsors extensively, so that by the end of this, and it'll take some time, by the end of this, everybody can see their fingerprints on this new identity. And it's something that really represents the DMV area and the dedicated fan base that, fan base that continues to put in hope and faith in this franchise year after year. 
Jason, we continue to keep having the same conversation over the years about the lack of minority head coaches, general managers. Right now there's only four head coaches that are minorities in the National Football League, one being on your team, two uh, general managers, and you being the first African-American to be the president of an NFL team. How come it's taken so long to see the shift? When are we going to finally see momentum happening? Yeah, I don't know the answer to the second part, um, but I, you know, I think there are there are challenges to black progression, brown folks progression, women's progression, LGBTQ plus progression in all sorts of businesses and in all sorts of organizations of all types. And the roots of that are historical, and we could talk for that for a really long time. Um, and I think every industry and every franchise and every organization is in their own stage of evolution on that. I think the best thing we can focus on are two things. One is where we do have leaders in place who are, you know, pushing the needle and actually finding the best talent. Because it's not about finding just diverse talent. It's actually about finding the best talent. Where we have leaders that are finding the best talent, we need to celebrate them. We need to lift them up. um, And we need to talk about what they did in their process to get there and try to spread that as the norm for others, encourage others to make that the norm. And then I think the second thing we can do um, is – is really encourage people of color, women and others uh, to actually take on these, these, uh, these career paths. Cause a lot of times we'll look at stuff and when you don't see anybody that looks like you there, you say, well, that must not be for me. And that's a natural subconscious thing to do. Um, I think we all together collectively can encourage more of us to take these career paths on and get the sets of expertise and experiences that put us in the, in the right positions. And it's those, that two pronged approach that I think is going to get us there. But the first one's most important. Those who make the calls um, and, and are doing it the right way need to be celebrated and push up, push other folks in that direction. Being the team president, will you be in charge of getting the new stadium, trying to spearhead that whole uh, initiative to bring the stadium yeah. to DC? Yeah, that, that, that is, uh, that is in my purview. Um, so, and I'm really excited about it. You know, the, the location is, is one big part of the decision. Um, and I'm going to learn a whole lot about where those conversations are when I start on Monday. Um, but the thing that I'm actually most excited about is a stadium is an economic development engine for a region. Like it spurs economic growth. It creates jobs. It gets capital into businesses of all types. And and I want to build that stadium with inclusive and equitable growth principles, you know, thinking about black owned, brown owned, women owned, minority owned, uh, veteran owned businesses and the part that they play in developing that stadium and being a part of the retail complex and um, thinking about how the money generated from that boosts all portions of the economy instead of just some, you know, you know, maybe that's a pipe dream, but that's absolutely the challenge I want to take on uh, with the stadium and one of the reasons I took this job. Last thing for Jason Wright, the 38-year-old new president of Washington's football team, the youngest president in NFL history, team president, uh, four minority coaches, Anthony Lynn, your guy Ron Rivera, Mike Tomlin, and Brian Flores. Flores and Chris Greer, the Dolphins, the only black GM head coach combo in the NFL. Last thing for you. Roger Goodell mm-hmm. took an absolute beating, the commissioner of the NFL, when they came out with that incentivized plan to get some more minorities going in the sport. Mm-hmm. However, what was lost in that conversation was it, doesn't, it wasn't just to get coaches more opportunities to move up the pipeline, as you call it, but also in senior administration. That's your forte. Mm-hmm. So in some mm-hmm. ways, even though Goodell was highly criticized for this plan, he was able to implement it at the front office, at the administration, and the senior executive level. 
in some ways, does Goodell deserve some credit instead of being bashed like a pinata all the time? This initiative that he put forth helped you get this job. Yeah, I actually don't know the interplay of that program and how, you know, I landed in this role. Um, but insofar as, you know, him and the Snyders talked, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did help. But, you know, really, like, you know, the credit for me goes to Dan and Tanya Snyder for a series of decisions they've made. Uh, the transparent conversations they had with me, recognizing my talent as unique, um, not just in and of itself, but a unique fit for this time. So, um, you know, I'm appreciative to them. And insofar as anything the league did to spur them in that direction, yeah, appreciative. No question about it. It's an amazing story. Your rise, the return of Alex Smith. Good things happening in Washington after what has been a very tough last few months. We wish you the best of luck when you roll in on Monday. Thanks for joining us. Congrats, man. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Keep it moving forward, brother. Great stuff. Great stuff. There's new leadership in Washington. We just talked to him, but one of the biggest names in college sports says there needs to be new leadership at the NCAA headquarters in Indy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com. Slash unsportsmanlike.
Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. And all of our guests appear on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That includes... Jay's old college coach, Mike Krzyzewski, the five-time national champion who joined us a little bit earlier on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. And here's the bottom line. The loss of the NCAA tournament last year, March Madness, cost between $900 million and a billion dollars. So can you imagine? I do want you to know there is pandemic insurance. Correct. We've seen Wimbledon do that. They made about $350 million last year. Yes, so. the Olympics no, also yes. had some pandemic insurance. You never think about it until you need it, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of insurance in a time like this. But if you lose $900 million to a billion, wiping out 2020 March Madness, what could happen if this situation gets worse and there's no 2021 NCAA tournament? Coach K said that is not even a possibility. We need to have the tournament. Uh, we can't have it where two years in a row you do not have the NCAA tournament. And, guys, I think that's where you should start is make sure we have the tournament. doesn't make any difference when it is because we don't even know when the NBA season is going to be next year. And uh, we should look at them to see how they navigate the uh, the waters, you know, going forward, they've navigated it really well with the bubble, and they do have. They don't have the they don't have the NBA. They have Adam Silver, and that's what I'm saying is what we uh, what we really need in college basketball. It's an issue that's been cried out for before. College football doesn't have a commissioner. Coach K is obviously pining for somebody in college basketball. In all fairness, we should mention throughout his interview about 20 minutes. Um, in length, very detailed, uh, that he did mention that Dan Gavitt, who's the senior vice president of basketball for the NCAA, could do a job. His father, Dave Gavitt, one of the giants in college basketball. So he does have somebody in mind, and he does like the current leadership, Jay, in place, but he does raise a larger point. You do need some sort of macro overseeing. Remember, college football is key in your sport, 10, 10 FBS conferences. College basketball, there's like 32 conferences so it's a lot more unwieldy there's 358 teams college football is a buck 30 in the fbs you're going over 300 with the idea quote unquote that all of them could make the ncaa tournament it's just a gigantic thing to get your arms around vis-a-vis any other sport we talk about and college basketball needs a czar of the sport and coach k kept leaning towards that person becoming dan gavitt When I spoke to him the other day, he was saying between him, John Calipari, Bill Self, some of the biggest coaches in the game, they're on weekly conference calls with Dan Gavitt talking about how the season is going to open up. Are they going to be doing this in regional bubbles? How will they do the NCAA? And I will say this, the beautiful thing about what Coach K was alluding to is that no longer can we give these blanket statements about this is the NCAA's problem. We need accountability in this sport. And the, the pandemic is helping us expedite that process. So if Dan Gavitt is that guy, how do you start putting together the right strategy to make sure and to ensure that we have a March Madness tournament so this way the schools don't lose out on a huge revenue that is at stake? I think you start that process right now, obviously, because you don't want to list, you don't want to lose out on the revenue in next spring, in March Madness, all of those sort of things. But I think when you when you look at it, not just basketball but I think all college sports should have a commissioner, so to speak, one voice. You know, football should have one collective voice. Basketball should have one. Baseball should have one. Even though it's not a revenue-generating type situation, you still want to make sure that there's one voice and one person that you're speaking to. 
Because right now, we got a whole bunch of different answers from a lot of different people. There's not one person saying one different thing let me or throw, the same thing. Let me throw a name out to both of you that I, I've been thinking about for a long time, that she actually is somebody that's involved in football and basketball. And she's a huge football fan. And that's, uh, that's Condoleezza Rice. Rice. She was on the Rice Commission for basketball. She was on the college football, football. playoff mm-hmm. committee. Obviously, impeccable reputation, former secretary uh, of state in the Bush administration, the Bush 43 administration, uh, George W. Bush. Uh, and, and obviously somebody that I think is respected because I think when you bring somebody in from the outside, it's very difficult to get anybody that's going to get universal recognition and credit. Is that a name that could be considered? Yeah, I, I I would think so. You you know sports, you know corporate America, you know what makes people tick. But I think it has to be somebody with no hidden agendas. You know that she doesn't just, need this. No, I'm just saying. Right. Yeah, somebody yeah, with no hidden agendas that understands everything. And and I think she would be a candidate. But there's, I'm sure, if we go through our wheelhouse, we'll find somebody or several other people, Jay, that would be you know viable candidates for. Something like that. Yeah, I think she's a great choice. You know, I talk to Grant Hill all the time who serves on that committee with Condoleezza Rice as it relates to rules and regulations and things of that sort as it relates to infractions and how to ultimately change the landscape of college basketball. And I, I think the one thing that Coach K said during that conversation is that, you know, this gives us an opportunity to transform. In the midst of chaos comes great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to have a name like that who is the czar of college basketball – you know, from Rev Share, from all these different things that we're having conversations about. We are united as it relates to football. These things have not really happened in basketball. Yeah. I'm curious if those things will start to happen in basketball with players recognizing the power that March Madness has. You have to have somebody up top that has the ability to make that connective tissue to the players as well. I, I think it, you know, college basketball probably hasn't gotten that way yet because of a lot of the one and dones. Guys leave college basketball earlier. Where in football, they're sticking around for at least three years. And so it, it, it certainly is a conversation to be had. There's but no key, question it does, about I mean, it. Think about, think about a prime example. We have Coach K on the show. Think about how much revenue that Zion Williamson brought in to Duke University. Oh, no question. I, no, I mean, no granted, question. he got a lot out of it too. But imagine if Zion but he was, was only able there to, for five, six months. If Zion was able to start earning at that juncture of his career – you know, and I'm sure we're going to break down some stories over the next couple of days because I know that kids, you know, when you think about high school sports or high mm-hmm. school basketball, right. you have kids who are freshmen, sophomores, juniors in high school that are having millions of followers on Instagram. But how does the, how does the, the, the new G League rules play into this? Well, that's going to be fact. Well, well, G League guys are allowed to leave school early and obviously go to the G League, and I think the G League – uh, not not go to school, go straight go to from school, high school. Go straight from high school to the G League, and they're allowed to earn. But still, if you're looking at – College basketball, if you look at the G League as a competing entity, when do you decide to enhance your product in order to compete with the competing Well, I think once the, once the success of the, the new rules in the G League start to really take shape, then college basketball look at it and realize, okay, we got to get on the same kind of even playing field with that to be able to compete. And well, that's why you've been seeing the NCAA drag their feet with name, image, and likeness, and you've been seeing – you know, some individual conferences start to push for it quicker and expedite the process politically because, you know, they want schools to be able – they want kids to come to their schools. You have to compete for kids now. That's where we are. Let yeah. me ask you a commissioner question to both of you because everybody says this is like a panacea. This is like, oh, as soon as we get the right person in, everything's good. But let's just use college football and we can go to basketball as former athletes. If you say to me, let's hire this impeccable man or woman that's going to come in and change everything, what incentive does the 14-team SEC – 
have to agree to do something in concert with the way behind the times. Zero. Pac-12 in some cases. <laughs> right? Not you personally, but, you know, the Big Ten is 14 teams. The Big 12 has 10 teams, which doesn't make any sense, but that's the case. I know, right? If you bring all those leagues together, everybody says, just get some central leadership and it's all good. Why would any of these leagues that are all in disparate positions, why if somebody were to come in and say, let's unite, what is the incentive for any of these leagues to do that? That's the whole argument. Bring somebody together. They'll make it unified. I don't see that. Who's going to come in and convince all First of all, it's going to be more money generated. If they're all put together, Mm -hmm. right, Z, it's going to be a big, giant package. Think about five five leagues with all these different teams. Now, some of the teams aren't very good, but all conferences have bad teams in them. But when teams, you yeah. start talking about the best of the best, all under one umbrella and not this NC2A mess, then that's going to generate more revenue. And those presidents of those universities, what is it that they want? They want more revenue. You agree with that, or do you think it's going to be easier said than done? I, I think it's extremely complicated. I think there's so many layers. Of course, it's easy to sit here on national TV and radio and say this is what they need to do. When you start to get to the inner workings of how the car really works, uh, there's a lot of agendas out there, too. No, it's true. It's a, a lot, lot, of, lot of agendas. And a lot of people that are trying to vie for different positions. And I, I, I want it to happen. I, just, I, I don't know all the answers to how we get there, Zubin. I don't. Just chase the money. That's all you got to do. That's what they're doing anyway right now. They're, 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 you know, I, I, I keep seeing and hearing people talk about guys getting on the field or on the court to play. Right. But at the end of the day, they're playing in empty stadiums. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? The money. The money. Exactly. So if it's about the money, just let it be about the money and stop trying to act like the kids really need to play because if they don't play, all of a sudden they're going to be lost. They got to go back to their neighborhoods. And don't, don't do that. Don't do that to me. You might be able to do it to some other people that don't really understand it, but don't try to sell me a bag of goods when I know better. If there's one takeaway, because I really commend Justin Fields for coming on this show yesterday and talking about the petition and talking about how he wants to play. But there's one thing that kind of been sitting with me for the last 24 hours that kind of irked me. And, Key, you said it as soon as he said it. He said, you know, we were talking about, hey, we are united and players having to leverage. And he said, hey, I just want to focus, you know, priority-wise right now, the petition and just playing football. And I'm sitting there saying, no, 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 like let's let's make both the priority. Don't just – it's so easy to revert back to just I just want to play football. And we got to change the way we think. But we the, have to elevate consciously. But here. the powers that be right now only want to hear Justin Fields say that. Right. I only want to play football, so they can say, "See, all they care about is playing football. They just want to get out there and in and, and play and and try and get an opportunity to play on Sundays, so they can help their families." Well, they're gonna get that opportunity regardless, because the NFL is not taking any leads from college sports or college football, so to speak. They may be willing to help them to a degree, move a date here or there, but they're not changing their entire schedule to appease college football. And I hear that everybody's not going to the NFL, right? So a counter-argument tells us, no, so no, everybody's it, not going to the NFL. Everybody's not going. I, most but, are not going. But that makes, the point, that makes the point even more imperative, though, right? If most people aren't going to the NFL, this is your opportunity to get a head start. You're playing football. You were playing football for the millions of and people. And I think – it's just like anything, when a message is, from a positive standpoint, when a message is being given, people try to get away from that positive message by talking about something totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are united 
they want to get away from that. They don't want that to continue to, to, to catch fire. They want to start to hide behind the pandemic and, and talk about playing sports instead of talking about that conversation on a consistent basis. And I encourage those men and women in college sports to just keep going with it. And I encourage you to listen to Justin Fields, hour three of yesterday's podcast. First day, hour three, Justin Fields' entire interview. It'll be in the first 10 minutes when you download. Still to come, a five-time national champion coaching JV Pigskin. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So here's the deal. College football is ready to go. The SEC says they're ready to go. A couple of juicy matchups were revealed yesterday. Alabama, Georgia, LSU. 
Alabama. We'll get into that in just a second. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has the full court cell phone coverage you need. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan, 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. So Nick Saban's going to have to get ready for Georgia, as I mentioned. He's going to have to get ready for LSU like he does every year in the SEC West. But he says he'd rather get ready now than in the spring because playing spring football is a fool's errand, especially for those guys that are about to be millionaires. You know, if you're a junior or senior and you have an NFL grade, um, are you going to play in the spring? Uh, Or is that going to become sort of a JV season with a lot of these juniors and seniors opting out uh, and not playing their senior year, which – you know, is is sort of something that they'll probably miss for a long time. So um, I'm in no way judging what anybody's trying to do or not do. But um, you know, our medical experts here thought that we we could try to do this, create a safe environment, um, and see if we can play. And I think that's what we're doing. And I think they've done a wonderful job of that. That was Coach Saban on Get Up earlier this morning on ESPN. So he is totally against spring football. Key Lincoln Riley, another big-time coach at Oklahoma with a lot of studs, national championship hopes. He's the biggest proponent of spring football. So two big coaches, two disparate views. Where do you fall? I think Lincoln Riley, didn't they, didn't, didn't they just have about a dozen players? Test, test? positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nine. test positive. Yeah. So there you go with that. And I think when you look at spring football, Coach Saban is right. You're, you're asking – Players that have draft grades, first, second round, third round even, to come back, wait and try and do it in the spring, mm-hmm. then go and go to the combine. If, if in fact, the combine is pushed back, because mm-hmm. the combine typically runs in the month of late February, right. you know, March, somewhere in there, push that back. And then the guys that stay on campus, you want them to play in the spring, Go through training camp for the summer and potentially start back up in September 2021, which is a seven-month window. So you got about 20, 23 games to run in a seven-month period of time all for free. Just Let's just do it all for free. Two full seasons essentially in three quarters of a year. Yes. And, and you claim safety, right? You claim safety. You want somebody to collide and collision in the – Violent sport of football, 20-plus games in a seven-month period of time. Where's the recovery? It's not about bringing the best players back for spring football. But you won't have a good team. Yeah, but it's about having a product on the field and recouping some of the revenue that you potentially were losing out in the fall. That's what it's about. And I I think my mindset – Shouldn't it be about that health too? Oh, I I, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with what you just said. I, I'm just also, you know, thinking about how some of these other schools are potentially thinking too. And also, you know, if you think from a coaching perspective, I know, you know, look, I'm not sitting here saying all coaches just maliciously want guys to go play, but a lot of coaches, you know, are taking pay cuts or being asked to do certain things. So, you know, that that's a reality that we should factor into this if we're just being fully transparent. If you don't have a season, I mean, like Nick Saban could say, all right, give me a pay cut. I'll be okay. Right. But some other coaches may not be able to do that. So 
does does your personal things have factors into some of these decisions about I'm not saying that pertains to Lincoln Riley. I'm just playing devil's advocate about maybe why somebody would think about, hey, it's imperative that we try to find a way to have a season. Well, they want they want to play football. But in, in doing that, you also got to think about the kids that you're putting on the field again, Jay. From the time you start in the spring to the end of that, you're going to run back the season in September. I hear you. That's a lot of football getting – that's a lot of colliding and a lot of collisions and taking the chance on somebody getting hurt for some football. I just I, – I don't – I wouldn't do it. Dan Levitard next on the ESPN Radio Network. Greeny, day two at noon. We'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. I got it. I got it. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.